Praise the Lord, everybody. You have joined us once again for Bridging the Gap on this podcast. And again, I'm joined by my special guest friend, Pastor Robin Wood of Union Chapel, one of the many pastors at Union Chapel. So if you're familiar with the Muncie, I call it the Muncie Mega Church. Uh, (laughs) If you're familiar with the Muncie Mega Church, they have so many people doing Mm. so many things and so many great works in that ministry. So I just want to thank you again for joining me on this podcast. God bless you. Uh, where his ministry is impacting Pastor Robin now, he's impacting not only in Muncie, Indiana, at Union Chapel, but, but surrounding cities around this nation. Let me ask you this question. How many churches have you currently helped launch as of today, if you can, if you know the number? Right. And how many states across <laughs> America are you as of today? You know, we, we have launched uh, 89 churches. We formed a group called Church Multiplication Association in 2004. Okay. And we planted 74 churches, probably in about 20, 22 states. Um, And we had some concentration areas like Arizona, where we had like maybe seven or eight plants, uh, you know, mega area with 5 million people. And uh, but yeah, everywhere God's opened the door, Indiana a lot. And uh, then um, we we had big funders and they got hurt by the oil and gas Mm. downturn in the late 2009, 2010. So we actually kind of put that on hold. And then I had the miracle meeting with uh, Pastor Greg Paris at Union Chapel Church uh, on a Christmas Eve when I was 60 years right. old. And he asked me if I would help him plant 10 churches in 10 years. And we got to that number in, in, in four years. Wow. And then he asked, hey, could we, could we dream of 100? And he really had a prophecy mm-hmm. that possibly 100. Wow. And, and I said yes to that. And in the first podcast, I said yes to many sure. things. Uh, but that was private. We never threw those numbers out there. And then God opened the door in prison ministry with Life Without Limbs to raise up a church in every prison that they'd been in, which is now 225. And I've been to two of those now. And uh, my partner, Jay Harvey, who pastors City Church in Anderson, uh, is is raising up churches in prison with me. Wow. And and now we see that as a, a, a total possibility to raise up 100 churches. We didn't know about house churches when we started. And uh, and God opened a big door in Kazakhstan through uh, the vision of Union Chapel. Okay. And now we have seven house churches in Kazakhstan. Wow. And then in a miracle, you talk about miracle things that have happened to me, my car broke down in Sarasota about three years ago. Mm-hmm pushed me into a, a local Goodyear store, and I walked to this restaurant and was just asking for a jump on my car, and out walked this young man. First, I didn't ask him what he did, and after he helped me, um, we couldn't get it jumped because he had jumping cables, but they were real thin, and they wouldn't work on the car that I had. Uh, got to know him, and guess what? Pastor Igor <laughs> Malinchenko was a church planter in Sarasota. Oh, wow. And it's, it, it's a miraculous story because I'll never forget when I said, now, Igor, what do you do while we're sitting there waiting for a AAA to come? He goes, you won't understand this, Robin Wood. He called me Robin Hood because <laughs> he hadn't asked me what I do. He said, you mm-hmm. won't understand this because you might understand pastors, but I'm a church planter. Now, Nate, look at me. I went like this. I just covered my forehead and I said, Igor, ask me what I do. He goes, well, Robin Hood, what do you do? I go, I help plant churches. And he said, you've got to be kidding. And then he turned to his friend that was with him, Alex. He said, tell him what we were praying about in that restaurant. And so I said, Alex, what were you guys praying about? 
He said he's been a church planter nine years and never had a church planting coach. And he wow. asked me to pray today that he would find a church planting wow. coach. And my car broke down on that street, walked to that restaurant, and I've been Igor's uh, church planting coach for the last three years. He took me to Belarus this past fall to the largest church plant that we're coaching there. And we dedicated their first ever building in 25 years. And, and so can you imagine how faithful God is and how miraculous God is that my car, by the way, the whole story is my car didn't break down. After we met each other, Igor said, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I said, absolutely. He goes, start your car. And it started right up. <laughs> and so I went down to my mechanic. I'd lived in Sarasota at times for seven years. Went down to my mechanic and I said, would you check? It wasn't because I doubt the Holy Spirit. I go, would you check out my battery? Later he found out. He asked me if I was playing with him. I go, what do you mean? He said, because it's a new battery. So God broke down my car. Wow. And, and it started right up after we met. And now that has led to Belarus, Kazakhstan, and Igor helps me coach these churches where I didn't know how to do house churches, and now I do. So in the, it's, it's awesome. That's so eight, 89 church plants, add on to that seven, eight house churches. And now the bishop in Belarus asked me if I would train the next 20 to 30 church planters in My Belarus. Goodness. And I said yes. <laughs> you said, of course, there's that theme. I say yes. Awesome. Now, now you said Kazakhstan. Is that the only outside of the United States. Uh, uh, well, Belarus is, is oh, Belarus, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, in Kazakhstan. And now we've been invited to go to, to Pensk, which is the church okay, that yeah. we planted in Belarus. And Minsk is the capital. Mm -hmm. And that's where the bishop is um, okay. for this movement. So I will train uh, planters there. And then Kazakhstan has two large cities, Almaty, and then also another large capital city that we're going to start churches yeah. in this, this fall. So the two that we've, Two pastors that we trained, Amas and Yasin, to be in Amati, they now have felt God leading them. Just like New Testament, man. It's like the book of Acts. Uh, Amas feels led to go to the capital city yeah. and, and to plant. And so we're doing that this fall. That's great. Yeah, it's exciting. Now, you meant, you've been, well, today we're going to talk about the state of the church and really okay. about the church planting and the whole scene around that world and, and really some of the questions that a lot of people have had, had asked. And okay. so uh, I know you mentioned last week in our episode, mm -hmm. you talked about how you went to, from Anderson to Wyoming. <laughs> yes, to Wyoming. And then all of a sudden now we catch and we see you in, in Arizona, which is, right. you've shared that testimony a little bit last a week. Bit, and, yeah. uh, but, but this week, tell a little bit of pe uh, people, that was a flourishing, high volume growing church. <laughs> church in, in Arizona. Yeah. Tell yeah. us It'd about that large, church. Yeah. And, and I told the story last week that we, we stumbled onto a man by the name of Norm Juan that had come up with a strategy. How do you reach people in neighborhoods? So at the time, you got to go back, you know, it's been 20 years mm -hmm. and realize that in 1987, uh, actually more than 20 years, but 1987, when we started, uh, he thought if we used a Coles directory, now we don't have phone books anymore, right. but that was phone numbers in certain neighborhoods. So we were in the Chandler, Arizona area, mm -hmm. and we made 23,000 phone calls. Wow. That way what happens is neighbors would start hearing, oh, I got invited on the phone. I got invited. Then we mailed brochures to over like 2,300 homes, and most of those were in neighborhoods. So people would see the brochures at the workout uh, areas that they would go to work out every day. They'd see them at the gyms, local gyms, and they'd get it in the mailbox. And so it gained momentum. And that first Sunday, we had 305 people come. Wow. 
And what we've learned now over the years is if you can make twenty to 30,000 contacts with people not going to church, and you can do it in a concentrated area. Mm-hmm. So today now, because we all have cell phones, you can buy cell lists sometimes. Also, you can do... 30,000 contacts through mailers. You've all heard about mm-hmm. that. You just send out a mailer saying we're starting a new church. Here's opening Sunday. Now we even do opening month, mm-hmm. almost like a Walmart. This is a mm-hmm. celebrative month in case someone misses that key Sunday. Yeah. But what God showed us was a strategy of 30,000 touches will turn into two or 300 people come the first day. So out of those 89 churches, over 80 of them have opened with over 200 on opening Sunday. And it happens even in small communities like Marietta, Ohio, 12,000 people. And we made over 20,000 touches, you know, in different ways. And they opened with over 220 people, and now they run near 300. And I thought, can it happen in small cities in Ohio? Wherever there's not a, listen to this, if you find a community that doesn't have a vibrant church for Christ, doesn't mean that they're not Christian, but Mm -hmm. they're not vibrant at reaching lost people. You can start a church anywhere. So Pastor Ryan Miller is in Marietta, Ohio at Pathway Church, Pathway Community Church in Marietta, Ohio. And he believes now that God's leading him to every surrounding area, like Parkersburg, West Virginia. And he's found a pocket in the city without a life-giving church. And then he's found another small city up in Columbia or something. And and they had Christmas Eve service and had over 100 people show some uh, interest. So we are planting campus churches in every community without a life-giving church. Wow. And it's an amazing story what happens. And here's the key. When you talk about why do churches grow or don't grow, I'm, I'm going to make it very simple. Some churches care about people outside the church. They care deeply about their community. They care about lost people. They care about broken people. They're recovery-based church. They care about people that have gone through addictions. Yeah. That's what destiny does. If Here's a phrase I use. And I was taught this by Tommy Barnett. That's a big name of, of the of the leading church in Phoenix, Arizona. Tommy Barnett built the Dream Center, and Matthew Barnett runs it out in L.A. But in Phoenix, Arizona, this assembly of God has never quit caring for broken people, people with addictions and people with brokenness in their life. And he he taught me this phrase, if you'll care about the people that nobody wants, I'll give you the people everybody wants. <laughs> and I have watched that played out in 89 church plants. If you'll care about broken people, hurting people, right. and people that have had all kinds of challenges, if you'll care about the lost, he said, God will give you everybody. And I've watched that play That's out awesome. at Destiny. Listen, I've watched that play out at Union Chapel. I met a pastor, Greg Paris and, and Bishop Keith. They care about broken people. And if you care about the people that regular churches don't want, they're a little messy, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little messy life. If you care about the people nobody wants, and wow. we would say, the Bible would say the least of the least, sure. I'll give you the most of the most. And that's, that, that's what God does. That's powerful. I mean, so hands, hands on and, <laughs> and getting the word out is huge. Huge, huge. And that you care. And you can't just say, hey, we're having a church. Right. We care. If you've been through that, you've been through a divorce, if you've been through... Uh, addictions, if you've been through brokenness, if you've lost a child, grieving ministry. If you let it be known that you care and you really do, they'll come. 
they'll come to your church. That's great. That's yep. amazing. I, yep. I appreciate this. Is, this is food for me today because, you know, as you mentioned last week and even, right. you know, this week, we're going to be planting a church here very soon in the yes. next 2022 yep. uh, year. And so well, yep. I'm excited. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get all this food that I can <laughs> and saying, okay, I'll, I'll take that nugget mm. and put it in the back of and my And you know head. I already believe you can do yes, that. Yes, you do. You because do. of your heart. I've never said so it because sure. you have great talent, by the mm. way. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. that's not what I look for. God uses talent, but he uses the right heart. Yeah. I promise you that. He'll find the talent for you. Uh, he uses some regular people. Sure you know, does. And so I sure believe does. in you big time. So with all that being said, you have also seen the conditions of churches worldwide with the good and the bad. <laughs> yes. What do you see happening in the churches today that is becoming, I'm going to say, the number one church growth stunt Right. That churches can't seem to overcome. Well, and, and by the way, I, I've had the privilege of planting new churches. I've also had the privilege of consulting churches that feel stuck. Okay. So over two, close to 300 churches where I've, I've, I've got to say to them, hey, where, where are you missing yeah. some really key elements? It starts with what I just said, is that when you, when you infiltrate a church and say try to consult them if they're stuck, mm-hmm. say they're stuck at 100 and they can't break what we call the 200 barrier, mm-hmm. They're a single-cell church, and this is so hard to overcome. When you're a church of, say, 75 to 100, by the way, the average church in America still averages about 77 right, people, okay? Right. So the, a single-cell church is ingrown. Now, it's hard to admit that. I, I, mm-hmm. I hate to be hard on people because sure. any church I go to, the body of Christ, I fall in love with them. I just, I just love them because they love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're sitting around the table, and the hardest thing to say is, you know, your church is made up of kind of your family, five other families, and then <laughs> connections to those family. Sure. And we call it a single cell church mm. so that you that you're ministering to just this group of people. They're all connected. Mm. You have to break out of that one way or another. And the best way I could say on this podcast is you have to begin ministries that are in the area of recovery. A yeah. brokenness. Don't sure. just think of addictions only. Sure, sure. But we became a recovery based church in, in Phoenix and went to have almost 25 12-step groups, okay, on a Friday night. And what happens is people start hearing, this church cares. One lady came to me who taught yoga, and you got to look this lady up. She's an amazing, amazing person, and she started Christian yoga. And I know that sounds like, well, why did she add Christian on that? Instead of doing the regular meditation, she taught Bible verses, and she taught lessons. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, you look up Elena Porter, Elena Porter at Mountain Park Church, Phoenix, Arizona. Her first yoga lesson, she had two people. The second lesson went down to one. Are you ready for this? I'm going to rock your world. Mm-hmm. She now teaches 2,000 people Goodness. a week and has eight other teachers that help her do it. So from Monday night to Saturday night at Mountain Park Church, you'll find Christian yoga by Elena Porter, and now, she's an this, amazing person. Is this the same woman that you had at the conference? At Absolutely, Union Chapel? I brought oh, her man. to the conference here at Union Chapel. <laughs> this is the funny part. Okay, when you me. introduced her, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh Lord, we got a Christian <laughs> yoga." And I promised you, Pastor Rob. Uh, I promise. When 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 about five minutes into it, I was like, "Lord Jesus, I'm feeling the spirit of the Lord here." And we're doing yoga. We're just doing a stretch. But how she would engage us into worship in the middle of it or or, or meditate on the word of God as she would just read. It's powerful. By the way, five churches at that conference three years ago now 
have started Christian yoga and they all run over a hundred people in their classes. Now she has an amazing story and we ought to hear it, but here's what God showed us. And pastor Greg is so high on this at union Mm -hmm. chapel. If someone has a unique gift, okay, a unique gift and Kelly is, is, is number one kind in CrossFit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Kelly and his wife have planted in Daytona. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're called, um, uh, reach Daytona, you know, and, and he now starts, he's got a trailer he carries around, and instead of worship, he teaches a CrossFit lesson, and then he preaches the gospel. Interesting. And let me tell you something. This is an amazing story. We've raised up five churches already that are just on the beach mm-hmm. wherever he does this CrossFit. And every week, now he did this in Valdosta, Georgia, and he raised up a church to over 400 people. Oh, he goodness. baptized over 1,000 over a period of like 10 years. Mm-hmm. But he and his wife teach CrossFit. <laughs> and, and that's a unique thing that he got sure. rated in the top 50 in the mm-hmm. country. So he's way connected so he's legit, to yeah. the CrossFit community. And guess what? In that community are lost people. Sure. So churches that get stuck, is, it, it feels sad because they're not, they're not like doing something wrong. You know what? They're not utilizing their people that's uniquely. Good. And so just like when you said, oh, are you going to do Christian yoga? Almost like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> but she's so passionate yeah. for Jesus. And Kelly is so passionate for people to stay fit. Now, he's 52. I don't like to hang around him because he has no body fat. You know, he's yeah. in great. You've I seen to, Kelly. I need to hang out with this guy. And he, he's awesome. And so what we're finding, and that, that leads us to churches in prison. See, yeah. use that setting. They have influence there. I'm not opposed to churches... Um, bringing like live stream into the prison. But guess what we found out? Eight to nine people would come to those services. Mm-hmm. Now that we're raising up a pastor in prison, we're having 100, 200 right. at the services. Wow. And so that's what Nick saw again, Nick Blizzik. He saw that we could start a church in prison. So churches that get stuck need to ask themselves, are we willing mm. to, to meet people where they are? And, and that's hard because you have to admit you're a single-cell church. Then you have multiple cells. You have multiple touches. And so some of the best places to start, let's, let's not be hard on the present church. Care about young people. That's it. Listen, most, most churches don't have a thriving youth group. Mm-hmm. I know you've raised one up at Destiny. We've raised a youth group up at <laughs> Union Chapel. Start in something that I won't say easy to do, but something more recognizable. Sure. And you know what churches have to do? They have to maybe start doing a youth service. Yeah. I don't know if you know this part of our story at Mountain Park, but um, Jeff Mugford is one of my favorite people in my life. But he had been our youth pastor in Casper, Wyoming, and he wanted to come be a part of a church plant. And he started a youth service called Hot Church. And I know he prayed for 50 people. We had, we had, I think, was it six kids in the youth group? It was almost as similar to going to Eaton and having mm-hmm. six kids. That number already sticks in my mind. And they prayed to have 50 kids for Easter in 1990. After 19, I started the church in 87. Right. Now listen to this. They had 53. The second Sunday, 73. They had over 20 kids come to Christ. Mm-hmm. Now listen to me. The next six years, that youth group grew to over 800 kids. Goodness. And one Easter, they broke 1,000. Mm-hmm. And we had a hot church at 9.30 for the junior high, now we call middle school, mm-hmm. and the senior high packed out, and they drove like at 11 and drive their own cars. 
But Hot Church took the country, and I remember Jeff went across the country saying, and that's when we found out about Union Chapel doing 180. They did a youth service Sunday night, you know, and so that grew that church. So, again, if churches are trying to break a 200-barrier, 300-barrier, and get unstuck, you have to trust God for new wineskins. Come on, we read it in the Bible. New wineskins, new ideas, new directions. And a good place to start that is start a youth service. See, you're a gifted communicator. Let me say this. I'm not bragging just on Nate. But he preaches about every six to eight weeks. He's great. But guess what happens if he preaches every week to young people? <laughs> and so I've been kind of having you guys maybe open your heart for a youth service. And that's what happened at, uh, at Mountain Park. Yeah. And, and it really transformed Mountain Park. You know, people mm-hmm. think, well, Robin, did you just grow this church? To four? No, no. I didn't grow it to 4,000. God grew it, but he grew it through unique staff people. Sure. And that, that was a big ministry. Awesome. Does that help you when I oh, say Oh, yeah. That? I mean, the, the whole single cell is an eye-opener. It's an eye-opener. Because yeah. we, and that's how churches are started. Well, I got I, my family here, their family here, there, and we don't go outside those yeah, walls. Yeah. That is powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, step yeah. out step out of the un- So, the And comfort. the thing I want to emphasize, Christians are good people. Sure. I mean, and I don't mean just good people. They love Jesus. And if you were to say, do you want people to come to Christ? The answer is always yes. But then you had to ask, well, why do some churches get stuck? Mm-hmm. It's not because of it's not because they're doing the wrong thing. They're not doing a new thing. Mm, and, that's good. and that's why you have to open yourself. You know, we've gone from having yeah. choirs to worship teams now. We've gone from an organ and piano to mm-hmm. bands. Sure. You have to move you do. with the times. You do. You have to. You know, I've heard pastors across the globe say the reason for many churches that are growing at a rapid pace <laughs> is the church has compromised the gospel. Well, are you seeing that in many circles, or is that a just a statement from the haters? Well, I, I, I never know why other people, they'll say that, and they're not necessarily wrong, but sometimes they get political about mm. it, or they, get, they go after some hurting people. I would say the, the reason that churches really get stuck is because they're not having conversion growth. Mm. So if we want to say, I, I got to, I'll give you my little pet peeve. Sure. I didn't plan on saying this in this session mm-hmm. is I had to ask even all of my planters, would you please make a strong call to Christ at the end of your message? Here's where we've gotten lax, even, even in some great churches. We'll assume we know everybody there. We'll preach a great message and we won't say, now who needs to come to G whose mm. day is today? And you know what? Since I've been teaching this stronger the last two years, conversion growth ignites the church. Mm. And then they get baptized. And guess what happens on Baptism Sunday? All their friends come That's right. that don't know Christ, and they watch them get baptized. Mm-hmm. And so I would say without being real picky about issues, about mm-hmm. are they too soft on the God, they're not making a strong call to That's Jesus, good. and then it doesn't get ignited. And then the church doesn't see baptisms. I'll tell you something. This is hard. It's going to be hard when I say it. If you're only baptizing children, you know, I'm, I don't mean babies. So I'm talking about like 12-year-olds. That's great. That's God planned it for us to lead our kids to Christ. But if you're baptizing adults, right. guess what? They know all the lost people. That's right. And the reason church plants thrive, I want you to think about this. If on opening Sunday out of the 305 people, 280 are there for the first time, guess who they know? Everybody that's lost. So if you, you know, if you if you reach the lost people, all their friends are lost. Yeah. If you reach church people, then you kind of reform a church. It might even be vibrant for a while. Right. But we're told that after three years, most of us only have one or two non-Christian friends. 
after being a Christian for three years. Oh, now, I led my top 10 people in my life to Christ. didn't plan on doing that, but in, in college. And so, but after three years, I was running around mainly with Christian people. And so that never changes without a, a, a focal point. So I would say to someone like me or you, Nate, the reason I keep playing tennis, <laughs> I shouldn't be playing by at this age, but those are all my non-Christian friends still here sure, in Munster. Sure. That's where I play with. And uh, so have some outlet That's good. where even the pastor models that he's hanging out with unchurched people That's good. And, and making a difference. Does that help? That, that is great. Okay. Man. This is some good stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I do disc golf. You need to get into that <laughs> sport. That'll save is that your with body. the Frisbee or what? Yeah, well, yeah, the discs. <laughs> You know, we don't call them frisbees. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah. But anyway, that that sport I notice it's it, this it's just swamped with people who awesome. need, okay. and uh, so I've enjoyed playing it. That's and awesome. so I'm like what you just said. That just yep. kind of encourages me to continue to get That's around awesome. that group. I, I was going to join a league this year, but I was like, no, I'm not doing that. But you just encouraged me to say, you know, I need to be out there. Yep. Yeah, as I go forward, step definitely for next year. Now see so. what happens when you plan a church. You don't have these ideas until you don't have church people. Mm -hmm. So in my neighborhood, and I forget, I want to say this because it just came to mind. I started a, a what we call a seekers Bible study, and mm -hmm. the only qualification is you couldn't be a Christian. I did that from year one at Mountain Park and did it for ten straight years. And the only qualification was you you could only come and ask your questions, but if you're a Christian, you couldn't come. So. So my house was always full with 12 to 15 wow. people that were asking questions. There was no pressure they had to come to Christ, but it was what we called a seeker Bible study. So I've tried to challenge pastors. Why did we, what, and I asked myself, why did I quit doing that? That was the most vibrant thing I could do. And my neighbors, the word got out, hey, it's safe. He's not going to force you to pray. He's not, but he's going to answer some questions you might have, uh, the best of my ability. And yeah. you know what? When I tell that to Pat, they think, I used to do that, or I used to have a group that I was had more people that were seekers. Yeah. So let's create some settings that are safe for 10 neighbors to come without coming to church. See, they might be afraid to walk into a vibrant church. Everybody owns yeah. a Bible already. Everybody knows the songs. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and, and do something on that level. Because I remember that was dynamic that yeah. I did that. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's I, cool. I bet a lot of pastors are intimidated to do that. Now, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be called out on some stuff. Well, there, I want to talk about this before. Okay. I'm gonna, we're going to close okay. on this. You have this very powerful. You introduced him to myself and Bishop in on what your conference that you did in Union Chapel. Yep. He is the lead pastor of SoCo in oh, Arkansas. Brad Hampton. Talk about this guy to somebody. Oh, I mean, if you've not, okay. he is blowing up on social <laughs> He's media. Blowing up. Talk yep. about talk about that quick journey Listen, it was. Well, and here's here's these are always miracle stories. You'll wonder, mm -hmm. well, how did Robin get to know? Don't worry, I didn't know Brad Hampton. Someone told me about SoCo Church in Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah. And this guy named Brad Hampton. And yes, I was taken that he started with over 700 people. So, you know, you're wondering, is this guy, un well, he's unbelievable as a person, but is he, is he more special than me? No, no. Guess what he is? He's a guy that his major in college before mm -hmm. he became a Christian was social media. Yeah. He comes to Christ and, and he develops how to make contacts on social media. Now, he'll say this, and no one else will not even quote him right. I reached out through social media to create, listen to me, a conversation. He met with over 800 people one-on-one -on -one mm. before he planted. And he just said, would you talk to me about how to have children's ministry? He said, well, we probably won't have a very good children's ministry. So he was vulnerable. He said, would you give me your input on what you need for your children? 
and he listened to those voices <laughs> and and he created think of that seven to eight hundred one-on-one conversations and he said here's people now call me thinking i can create a social media platform to grow their church no no you have to be willing to create a That's conversation it. Mm. see doesn't that turn you on That's because good. you'll hear oh and he has he's blown the church up to 1300 1400 but guess what he really did he did the jesus thing people forget jesus one-on-one 36 sure. times in the bible met someone at their need and mm. listened to him and then he gave him life because he was the life giver sure. I really believe the reason we're so high on Brad Hampton, by the way, little plug here, <laughs> Brad Hampton's going to be a keynote speaker for us in a church planting conference, July 29 through August 1 this year in, in um, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, and I asked him to come. Would you share that again? And of course, anybody that wants to be on a conference call mm-hmm. with him, he's on with me about once a month. And, and I would share it. We share him now. He has come on our team at Union Chapel as as a church planting team. So he's still in Bentonville. Okay. He's still blowing it up. He's, I think they're in four services now. Yeah. But we, we support him, and he's a part of our team to teach. But isn't it cool that, once again, I'm going to say this, and please put it in your spirit. He was a major in social media, and Jesus got his heart. And now he's directed everything he's learned to reach people. Mm-hmm. Christian yoga, CrossFit. Amazing. Brad Hampton in Bentonville, Arkansas. Amazing. And then you know, then he does with people like you you and me, Nate. And I'm just gonna brag on ready. We love people. Okay. So we just keep loving people. That's I went right. and loved on the slushers <laughs> in Heaton, Indiana when I was nineteen years old. And I I didn't have a special gift. We love people. So if I left you with one thing to you get did. you unstuck oh, at your church, quit looking for strategies and love people. And then if you find a unique gift in your church, like a yoga teacher or a CrossFit, whatever, then find out how to do that. Mm. But I'm going to tell you, it never gets any more simple than love people. Hey, man, this was rich. <laughs> uh, I know that you, if you're watching this, listening to this, as you may be on a walk trail, listening to this right now, I promise you, download it right now. Save it if you have a pastor friend, a preacher friend that is considering going into ministry or maybe feels like they're stuck. Right. They need to right. hear this. This is powerful. You've inspired me, Pastor Robin. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. I enjoy your your presence. And, you know, I appreciate you watching on YouTube and those that are uh, have downloaded this app, either through Great. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're everywhere. But Great. I want to thank you for joining us on Bridging the Gap on this week's episode. Again, spread the word. And let's go bridge the gap.